Hello, Rebels. You're listening to a free audio-only recording of my show, Rebel Roundup. Tonight, my guests are Kean Bexty and Ezra Levent. Now, if you like listening to this podcast, then you would love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's what we call our long-format TV-style shows here on The Rebel. Subscribers get access to watching my weekly show as well as other great TV-style shows, too. It's only $8 a month to subscribe, or you can subscribe annually and get two months free. And just for podcast listeners, you can also save an extra 10% on a new premium membership by using the coupon code PODCAST when you subscribe. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com to become a member. And please leave a five-star review on this podcast and subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Those reviews are a great way to support Rebel News without spending a dime. And now, enjoy this free audio-only version of my show. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite Rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. Well, that was quite the visit Kean Bexley had to Ottawa the other day, encountering, oh, let's see now, a lying climate Barbie, a denying Elizabeth May, and a CTV cameraman who had a hissy fit because Kean was shockers, maskless, Kian will try to make sense of it all. Wow, talk about the must-have fashion accessory for 2020 if you're just sick and tired of explaining to the Karens of the world that you are mask-exempt. Yes, I'm talking about this little button that basically politely says, Back off, bucko! The man behind this ingenious button, Ezra Bent, he will drop by to explain all. And finally, letters. We get your letters. We get your letters every minute of every day. And I'll share some of your responses regarding my visit to the latest Yahoo Nation protest on the lawns of Toronto's Queen's Park. What made this protest extra special was the fact that it came just a day after tough new regulations and fines were enacted by the province regarding social gatherings, which apparently include protests, but the cops never showed up to enact the law, so the question arises, is Premier Ford's bark worse than his bite? Those are your rebels, now let's round them up. Look at this, it's a new button. I am exempt, and a friendly picture of a face mask. And our website is on there, maskexemption.ca, that explains what it all means. You'll recall that a month ago or so, we produced thousands of cards like this, suitable for carrying around in your wallet. We had two versions of the cards. The first one that I use was a Toronto version, and on the back of the card, it actually has the sections of the Toronto Mask Bylaw that explains the exemptions. And importantly, that it's illegal for anyone to ask you to prove 
that you're exempt. That's a pretty powerful exemption right there. But there's so many different versions of mask bylaws in Canada. Every uppity politician has their own version. We couldn't very practically make a different card with every town's exemptions printed on the back. So we have a generic version of the card and it simply directs you to our main website that actually does have literally every single mask bylaw and every mask bylaw exemption in the whole country. That's a lot of work to put together, by the way, and we hired a law firm to do it properly, and we have our lawyer update it from time to time. Now, we've totally sold out of our Toronto card. I think we might have some of the generic cards left, but we've made the artwork available for free on our website, so you can just print it yourself at home. Now, these aren't official documents, these cards. They're just a formal way of saying I'm exempt and to remind you where to find the law and the exemption. I've used my exemption card with 100% success so far, especially in Toronto where the bylaw exemption is so powerful. But I was out one night and I saw a young man with one of those name tag stickers. You know, the ones that say, hello, my name is, and you just write your name on it in a marker. And he had written on there, I'm exempt or I'm exempt from masks or something, something really informal, handwritten, but it was large enough to be seen by me and everyone else about 10 feet away. And where I, I was carrying my exemption card in my hand, waiting for some scold or bureaucrat or cop or bossy staff somewhere to accost me, this guy was preempting all that with a friendly handwritten note on his t-shirt. And it struck me that the cards that we use let the scolds and the bureaucrats and the muzzlers make the first move. And then by that time, by the time they scold you, they're already on the offensive. They've already decided to pick a fight with you. Uh, and you're immediately on the defensive. That's stressful. That's unfun. And their own pride will probably make them fight you harder. Whereas this kid, by putting it right on his chest, it was like a force field. Everyone around him was put on notice that he was exempt. So any half-hearted scold, which is most of them, or any scold that was uncertain about the mask law and its exemptions, which is most of them, they would hopefully back off. And if someone actually did come up to him and say, put on a muzzle, they would probably be violating his exemption. So he's a pretty smart kid, eh? Well, I like the idea so much we ordered these buttons. They're like the mask exemption cards, except you wear them proactively, preemptively. They're very simple and very friendly. I am exempt. And they have that useful website, maskexemption.ca, right on them, where all the exemptions are listed. So you don't have to be worried. You don't have to be reactive. You don't have to let the scolds attack first before you defend. You're not the one being socially awkward. They are by acting in defiance of your friendly button announcing you're exempt. And seriously, it depends on the jurisdiction. If anyone does demand you prove your exemption after you wear your button, oh boy, they're breaking the law. So get your exemption button now. They're made in Canada. I checked. You can order them right there on maskexemption.ca. They're 10 bucks each. Well, talk about necessity being the mother of invention. Yes, you are indeed legally exempt from mask bylaws. And no, you do not have to give a reason for the exemption. Yet it's just so bothersome having to explain to everyone that you have an exemption, isn't it? Hence, why not simply visually warn off the various prying Karens of the world by displaying this nifty little button. Hey, as Carl Malden used to say regarding the American Express card, don't leave home without it. And joining me now is the genius behind this button, our Commander-in-Chief Ezra Event. Ezra, I would say 
This is the must-have fashion accessory of 2020. Yeah, you know, I, uh, we had the little cards, the wallet-sized card. Right. And the, the bylaw you just referred to where it's illegal to ask people to prove their exemption, that's a Toronto bylaw exemptions. Uh, I, I want to tell people that there's about 20 different bylaws in Canada, so go to maskexemption.ca to read the one appropriate to your jurisdiction. Um, but generally, asking someone to prove an exemption would be like asking someone in a wheelchair to prove they really can't use their legs. Right. It's an invasion of privacy, it's inappropriate, and it's actually against human rights legislation. But the idea behind the button is that that card, which we, and we sent out thousands of those cards, yeah. and we also made it free for people to print out on their own printer, those cards. Um, that's a reactive, defensive thing. You've got to wait till someone says, hey, where's your mask? And then you pull out the card. Whereas I was in Niagara Falls uh, the other week, and I saw some young kid who had just written on like a hi, my name is Mike. Yes. He wrote, I'm exempt or something, just in, in the marker. And I, my first reaction was almost to like, huh, because it, it was just a homemade thing. But I thought, no, 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 that's brilliant yeah. because it was big enough to be seen at uh, some distance and it makes the first move, but you don't have to make the, you don't have to say, I'm exempt, I'm exempt. I'm, you don't, the button does the talking for you and so I think most of the people who would scold you, this would uh, be like a force field because they would say, oh, right, I forgot there are exemptions. Or, oh, I don't know the rules. I better what? Or, huh, I'm going to have some sort of a pushback. So I think it would be enough to deter the casual scolds, informants, and snitches. Now, if someone is hardcore angry, it might not deter them. And in fact, it might make them come up. But it's a very friendly mask, a very friendly button. It says, I am exempt. There's a little picture of a mask on there. Um, maskexemption.ca. So it's not aggressive. Uh, and if people want the information, they know where to get it. Maskexemption.ca. It's, it's a very simple button. But I think, like, I, I, I think more and more shopkeepers are learning that there are exemptions. Yeah. So I think depends where you are. If you're just out in the wild, there may be a self-appointed scold who comes up to you not knowing. But if you're in a store, by now, I think most stores have sort of instructed their people, there are exemptions, so that's a real thing. You would think that's the case, Ezra, but I mean, our uh, fellow rebel, uh, Tamara Ugolini, she had a uh, video of that Coburg McDonald's denying service to a right, senior, right. A disabled senior, needs oxygen, has a letter oh, from the physician. Well, and she's carrying an oxygen tank, for <laughs> God's know. sakes. I mean, even if the law didn't exempt her, you'd yeah. think out of common sense, neighborliness, and pity. I right. mean, she's, ca she's carrying her oxygen around. I mean, my God. But there was no accommodation whatsoever. Well, I should tell you that just yesterday, I was talking to our general counsel, Aaron Rosenberg about what to do because we have a fightthefines.com program but that's defensive when the police give you an outrageous fine we fight it so uh, we assume everything's fine the police make an illegal arrest or a ticket we fight it very simple but what do you do when there's no police involved when there's no ticket no fine what do you do if there's a company that violates your rights for example under the toronto bylaw you're not allowed to ask why someone's exempt you're just not allowed um, and we're banding about some ideas. It may involve having a 
pro forma template, like a fill this out. Oh, okay. I hate human rights commissions. I despise them. I've been put through them yes. for improper reasons. But you know what? Telling someone in a wheelchair, prove you're disabled, yeah. is actually maybe something the Human Rights Commission should say, whoa, big corporate international company like McDonald's. You, don't, you can't tell someone to prove they should be in a wheelchair. You can't tell someone with an oxygen tank to back off. And these mask bylaws have a specific exemption. Maybe companies that bully little old ladies with oxygen tanks need 10, 20, 30 Human Rights Commission complaints uh, to their legal department before they uh, educate their staff. We haven't finalized that yet, but the idea of having a template for people in every province to fill out, to smack back at abusive corporations. I hate Human Rights Commissions. I'll put that on the record. Yeah. Everyone knows that about me. But what are you going to do when, a, when someone needs to eat? They go to a grocery store or a restaurant they're not allowed in because some bully who doesn't know the law says you have to wear a mask. Mm. But she's a lady with an oxygen tank. <laughs> How so do you deal with it? You know what gets the attention of a franchise or a store like that? Yeah. A um, human rights complaint, perhaps litigation eventually, uh, the embarrassment, the cost, or basically their own legal department saying, guys, um, we're wrong here. We're going to lose. And we're going to keep losing. And there's also the PR black guy. Yes. Why don't we just be reasonable human beings and let the little old lady with the oxygen tank in? Oh, big companies, especially these days, I think, Ezra, are very sensitive to the court of public opinion yeah. in terms of not doing anything wrong. On the flip side, what would you say, Ezra, to those? I mean, I see the tall foreheads in the media party and the various Karens that phone into talk radio, and they're going, come on, just wear the mask. We're all in this together. Yeah. Stop trying to get around the rules. Um, what do you say to those people that bring that argument yeah. uh, uh, in regard to going maskless? Well, it's a lie that we're all in this together. There's yes. two uh, halves of society. There's the ruling class and then there's the working class. And let me explain what I mean. That's not a Marxist comment. The ruling class are people who have been loving the pandemic, people who haven't lost a cent, people, in fact, who have had a six-month vacation and have been paid every day. I mean, I can't believe that university professors are getting their six-figure salaries and a number of universities aren't even having classes. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> Teachers unions, most government sector workers, um, they've been loving this. Um, I'm not going to say who, but I know someone who literally uh, went to Europe for a month and sort of no one knew and like paid vacation. That's just amazing. Take the kids, get away from the lockdown. So we're not all in this together. There's people who are loving every moment of this. There are mega corporations like Jeff Bezos hit $200 billion personal net worth because of the lockdown. So we're not all in this together. Um, the big box stores are doing fine, everything online is doing fine, the government class, the ruling class is fine. The people who aren't doing fine are the small mom and pop retail shops who are crushed by the rules, who are having their lunch eaten by the uh, Amazons of the world. Waiters, waitresses, clerks in stores, shopkeepers, people who are allowed to open but now have so many stupid rules, so we're not all in this together. Journalists are the worst of all. Um, I mean, uh, there's so many great little videotapes from the White House uh, press room yeah. where all these journalists have their masks on when they're on camera 
and the second they think the camera's <laughs> off, they take their mask off. They don't believe in this BS. It's true. And so we're not all in this together. And there's one more thing I want to say. Okay. Uh, the, the public health officer of one of the provinces, the other said, uh, you know, the virus does not discriminate. It goes after all of us equally. Well, that's not true either. Mm. Um, in all of Ontario, population 14 and a half million, the population of people who are age um, 30 and under yes. is 5.2 million. So there's 5.2 million people in Ontario. I'm just picking Ontario as an example because I saw um, a doctor say, oh my God, there was a 23-year-old, he came in and he died. And it is true that four people in Ontario under the age 30 have died. Four people out of 5.2 million. So you have a one in a million, less than one in a million chance of dying from this virus if you're under 30. I'm with you, Ezra. I've said from the beginning that shutting down the entire economy has been the wrong way to go. And what have we seen? Depression off the scale, suicides increasing, spousal abuse, people losing their livelihoods. When 82% of the deaths have been seniors in long-term care facilities, that's where we should have put our focus. You know, there's two viruses, two threats, health threats from China. One is the, the coronavirus. Uh, the other is opioids. Yes. Uh, extremely addictive, dangerous drugs um, made massively in China, shipped to the West for profit, but also to undermine us. And in British Columbia, uh, six times as many people have died from opioids over the pandemic than have died from the virus. Um, there are, and the Toronto Police Service has a, quite a quirky website, uh, an amazing group of charts and graphs on shootings and killings in yes. this city. Like, I'm, I'm stunned that their political bosses allow this <laughs> website to be out there because this is the most damning website I've seen in Canada. It's run by the Toronto Police Service. Yeah. Last I checked, there were 171 people in Toronto that were killed or injured from shootings this year so far. We're not even done the year. Um, most of those people are young people. Yeah. Now, again, if you're in your 80s or 90s and in a senior's home with a do not revive order, yeah. I would be extremely worried about the coronavirus because yeah. everyone wants, oh, great grandpa's got the cough. Do not revive him. Oh. He's just costing us too much. Like, it's a euthanasia move. It's a do not revive move. It's an assisted dying move. It's really gross. There's a reason why 82% of the deaths in Canada haven't been seniors. They've been seniors in homes. Exactly. You're, you, are you at risk if you're 85 years old? Well, sure, life expectancy in Canada is less than 85. You will pass away soon. Yeah. But are you actually at risk if you're 85 from the virus? Well, if you're in a do not revive seniors home, you are at great risk. 100%. But, but if you're just a regular senior, you're not actually at a grave risk. The grave risk are these euthanasia style Grandpa's been around for 80 years, time to say goodbye. The masks are a placebo. You know, for, for 21 years, for 19 years, excuse me, we've all been going through airports where they pat you down and search this and search that and humiliate you and take off your shoes and grope you. <laughs> I am unaware in 19 years of a single terrorist plot being foiled. Yeah. Maybe I missed one. But in Canada and the United States, we have spent billions of dollars and wasted billions of man hours in what's called security theater. Yes. And masks are public health theater. 
they're not actually for public health. I mean, Theresa Tam, the World Health Organization, they're flip-flopping on masks all the time. It, it, and why did they bring in the masks only in August and September when the pandemic peaked in April? It's public health theater. Oh, and Ezra, I remember March 8th, uh, Dr. Fauci in the U.S. saying, do not wear a mask. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's contrary to what we know, and then a complete 180 on that. But well, Ezra, well said, and you know what, folks? Um, I'll tell you, tomorrow, high noon, if you're in the Toronto area, at Young Dundas Square, members of Yahoo Nation, they're going to be assembling. Don't know if uh, Doug is going to send uh, the, uh, the cops after them or not, but we have a very generous donor who's bought thousands of these buttons, and I'm going to be there with a little Santa Claus sack, uh, especially since the City of Toronto a couple of days ago announced that, yes, <laughs> the Santa Claus parade after more than a century has been cancelled mm. this year, thanks to the Wuhan virus. And I'm going to hand these out to anyone that wants one. You can even take two if you want. So make your, uh, make your politics known, make your expression known, wear this badge with pride as I do, and don't get hassled anymore. Keep it here. We'll be right back with more Rebel Roundup. Hi, Minister, how are you this morning? Could you tell me what you meant uh, when you said yesterday that your government might regulate everything? Uh, I certainly never said that, so... Well, you said it, you actually said it always, as a threat. Unfortunately, Rebel News always distorts what I say. No, it was quite and, clear. Uh, you said it in a tweet as a threat to companies, digital companies that don't regulate themselves. I, you said the government could you regulate everything. I say to you sure, that you guys are contributing to hate against me because you spread misinformation and disinformation. I will continue to call out your misinformation and disinformation every single day. Okay, what was the misinformation? Please tell me. I'd be interested to hear. The misinformation and disinformation is what you just said right now. That you it threatened yesterday to regulate. True. You, you said on Twitter. Tired. You know what I don't like? Sure, please, please tell me. Is that you're contributing to all the hate I'm receiving. I did an online, I did a, a, uh, a an event with women politicians. The amount of hate the women politicians is getting from outlets like you is completely unacceptable. About half of our journalists are women. I, why are you targeting us specifically over that? It's your comments that we're asking you about. Why do you think the massive amount of forest fires that are happening in the United States stop at the Canadian border? They don't. Uh, they actually do. There's been, you know several wildfires uh, in BC and maybe a few in Alberta, but record lows, in fact, in Alberta this year. Uh, record highs in the United States. Now, why could that be? Uh, maybe it's not climate change. Listen, if you jackasses are going to be in scrums with us, f*** off. Yeah, well, get the f*** away from me. What's your name? Mr. Freakout. If you're going to be in a scrum with us, get a mask. Sorry, what? Well, Key and Bexty went to Ottawa the other day to cover the throne speech, but apparently he ran into, oh, I don't know, a reimagining of the Three Stooges. First up was Climate Barbie actually denying what she had written in a tweet. Then there was good old Elizabeth May once again denying the science, and the trifecta was capped off by a media party member who was having a hissy fit because... Kean was maskless? Wow, Curly, Larry, and Moe, eat your hearts out. And joining me now with his visit to Parliament Hill is Kean Bexty himself. How you doing there, Kean? Hey, David, I'm doing great. Sorry, it's a little bit noisy here on Parliament Hill as a result of the construction that's going on. 
Um, but it's the next day in Ottawa otherwise, uh, and I'm just camping out right now outside of West Block to uh, try and catch MPs as they come in and out of uh, the House of Commons. Well, that's great that you're putting in that extra effort for even more videos, uh, Kian. But that first video that you sent along, wow, so much to dissect there. First of all, um, it's kind of a sidebar issue, but that CTV cameraman that actually tried to swat your microphone uh, out of your hand. You know, in a way, Kian, I wish he had succeeded because that would give you reason to take that expensive camera he was carting around and throw that to the ground. What was his problem? I don't know. He's uh, in the same vein as Mike Arcelides, who you probably remember. Yes. <laughs> um, he, uh, you know, loses his temper, and that's typical of the mainstream media. They're mad that we're eating their lunch. Yeah, and he uses it in the context of uh, you being the second coming of Typhoid Mary because you're not wearing a mask. But the statistics are so infinitesimally small, there'd be any transmission. It's downright ludicrous. But of course, the main event uh, was indeed uh, Catherine McKenna. And um, what I found astounding, Kian, and I watched it two or three times because she seems so genuine and real that this was a fabrication, that you were making up stuff. Uh, I mean, it, it, was, it, was a, 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 it was either that or an acting performance worthy of Meryl Streep. And then I got to thinking, Kian, do you think she didn't write this, that somebody on her staff wrote this and she was completely oblivious and ignorant to that tweet? Yeah, I would say ministers are aware of about 50% of the actual correspondence that come out of their office. The rest of it, is being done by people even more radical uh, and ideological than them. Um, and usually they're a bit more competent, which is the scary part. Uh, so uh, maybe she didn't know. Uh, maybe she did. I have no idea. But uh, her, her res- immediate response to call me out uh, and rebel out for the online, supposed online hate that she gets. And I, I mean, to be fair, she does get a lot. Uh, but that's that's what any minister of the crown gets. Uh, and also, you have to ask yourself, why is this happening? Why are you so broadly disliked among Canadians? Maybe they have to look at themselves in a mirror. So, so Kian, what I found odd was that she was saying the nature of the hatred is uh, a form of misogyny because she was stressing the female element. And yet this woman's boss is Justin Trudeau, who has a bit of a track record of groping females, I think that's more hateful than whatever it is uh, Catherine McKenna is talking about in terms of our content. Yeah, and I I mean, I wouldn't call our content hateful at all. Um, Our content is factual. Our content exposes things that the mainstream media just won't expose. Uh, If you receive messages from upset Canadians as a result of that, that is not our problem. Uh, Our job is to report the truth, uh, report the facts, uh, and report the stories as we see them. And uh, it's McKenna's duty to deal with the fallout of her poor decision. Yeah, and you know, Kian, as always, you know, you, I, Sheila, Ezra, all all our rebels have been through this. When we meet the hostiles, they say, you're hateful, uh, you're, you're Islamophobic, you're Nazis, and then you challenge them. Give me an example, and they can never come up with one. I don't think that's a high benchmark, do you? <laughs> no. 
Uh, absolutely not. I asked McKenna that exact question, and of course she had no answer to it. Um, when you ask them that question, they turn around uh, and start accusing you of being a misogynist, Islamophobic, homophobic, a liar, whatever it is, because they can't take responsibility for their own actions. Well, and uh, Kim, we got to wrap it here. Of course, the third stooge was Elizabeth May. Uh, very quickly, do we know if Elizabeth May uh, rode her bicycle to Ottawa that day, or did she drive that 640 horsepower Dodge Viper? <laughs> she drove a vehicle. I didn't catch what kind of vehicle it was, but her husband dropped her off in it. Obviously, a, one of those specialized vehicles that run on pixie dust or something like that. For okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kian, uh, happy hunting while you're still in Ottawa. So thank you so much. Take care. You got it. And folks, that was Kian Bexty hanging around West Block trying to scrum more MPs. Keep it here. We've got more of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. Where's my fine, Doug Ford? Where's our fines, Doug Ford? They're lying to you. Well, I'm with Kellyanne Wolf, and wow, what a brave lady she is. She's gone on record as saying she is the organizer of this event. So that means she faces fines starting at $10,000, going all the way to $100,000, maybe even jail time, who knows? Kellyanne, are you worried that as the afternoon progresses, law enforcement is going to come in and give you a, a five or six figure fine? No, I'm not, and I'll tell you why, David. Under Section 2C of, of the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, we're protected to protest. That's why Doug Ford, everybody has to start paying attention to the language that politicians use, okay? He spoke of parties and gatherings uh, like that, and social gatherings. This is not a social gathering, this is a protest. And you are 100% protected under your charter rights, which he cannot infringe on, he does not have the authority to infringe on, um, by, by, by the charter. So you can protest, you're free to protest and gather, and it's freedom of assembly. So You know, Kellyanne, um, Doug Ford had a very rare Saturday press conference just an hour ago, and he was asked the question if the social gatherings include protests, and he said yes. So do, that's completely contrary to what you're saying. Absolutely. I guess this is something for the courts. Yeah, absolutely. So I And I encourage Doug Ford, if he wants to find somebody, come and find me. I encourage you to. So, because I will set a precedent across this entire country uh, as to what our laws mean and, and what they stand for. See, the government, David, they, they, the government likes to try and call upon um, the Emergency Measures Act as their source of authority for infringing upon the rights of Canadians, and that is completely false. On the first page of the Emergency Measures Act, it clearly states that this act is subject to the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. They do not have the authority. That is a blatant lie. And I suggest to the politicians out there, they become a little bit more familiar with their laws, considering they're supposed to be representing them and the people. Well, Ontario Premier Doug Ford might refer to Kellyanne Wolf and her fellow protesters as a, quote, bunch of yahoos, end quote. But one thing is certain, Yahoo Nation is not backing down. They've been assembling on the lawns of Queen's Park since late April, and despite the specter of heavy fines, they apparently aren't going away anytime soon. By the way, if you're interested in being part of this movement, Yahoo Nation will be assembling at Young Dundas Square in Toronto tomorrow at noon prior to marching to Queen's Park. The question is, will they be fined this time or will law enforcement continue to look the other way? 
In any event, here's what you had to say about their protest from last Saturday. Rebecca Sluszynski writes, She, Kellyanne Wolf, rocks. So glad she's taking this on and is absolutely right. Protests are legal. We all have the right to have a say and stand up against corruption. Indeed, and I would suggest that if charges are laid, a constitutional challenge looms here. And another thing, why does Premier Ford call these people yahoos, yet he has absolutely nothing snarky to say when Black Lives Matter protesters show up on the lawns of Queen's Park? Yeah, why indeed? W. Scott writes, what a complete joke Ford is. He had a chance to go down as the greatest premier in Ontario, but nope, too much cheesecake. One term, I'll put money on that one. Any takers? Well, W. Scott, all Ford had to do was live up to his 2018 election promises of being for the people. Remember that little chestnut? Funny thing is, the vast majority of the folks showing up at Queen's Park protests openly admit to having voted for the Ford PCs two years ago, yet Doug labels them yahoos as he consistently cuddles up to the mean girls in the media party, the very same reporters he used to denounce when they were on a journalistic jihad against his late great brother, Rob Ford. To paraphrase the late great Fred Willard, hey, Dougie, what happened? Tame Thing writes, is anyone still delusional enough to think this is about a virus and not just a power grab? Indeed, going by the death toll numbers, not the positive case numbers, there is a case to be made that the pandemic is over. Meanwhile, as my boss Ezra Levent likes to note, politicians of every stripe during this pandemic got a little taste of totalitarian power. And you know what, folks? <laughs> They kind of like the taste. Ina Christo writes, Doug Ford can go to some more weddings and then tell us not to go out. Yep, be it Ford or Toronto Mayor John Tory or Brampton Mayor crybaby Patrick Brown or even Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, we have surely learned one thing during this pandemic when it comes to our so-called fearless leaders. Namely, it is one law for thee and one law for me. And Wayne Hitchcock writes, the rallying cry for these protests should be, I'm Spartacus. When the cops come to arrest the organizer, everyone should claim to be the organizer. Oh, Wayne, wouldn't that be a Kodak moment for the ages? Let's just see what happens tomorrow at high noon. Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next week. And hey, folks, never forget, Without risk, there can be no glory. Good night.